Chapter Twenty Two of Dorothy Dale in the City by Margaret Penrose. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Lynn Thompson. Chapter Twenty Two Captured by Two Girls. Dorothy pored over the blueprint for a long time. She was growing so nervous that all the little white lines on the paper began dancing about and grinning at her, and Mr. Akerson's voice and Tavia's in the other room became louder and louder. Every footstep, as the clerks returned one by one from lunch, set her heart palpitating, and she clenched her hands nervously. She feared that Mr. Akerson would in some way evade them, disappear before Ned and the boys could arrive. Tavia seemed so calm and self-possessed, and examined the book so critically, that Dorothy marvelled at her. Surely Tavia could not understand so complicated a thing as a ledger. Off in the distance, at the end of the suite, Dorothy suddenly saw a familiar brown head, and behind a shaggy white head, and then a pair of great braid shoulders, and in back of them a modish bonnet framing the dignified face of Aunt Winnie. Dorothy, she called, running forward, here they are. Dorothy's interest in the print ceased instantly, and she sprang after Tavia. Mr. Akerson's face blanched, and he withdrew to his private office. All the clerks returned discreetly to their work, typewriters clicking merrily as the family filed down through the offices and into Mr. Akerson's private room. He faced them all until he met the clear eyes of Mrs. White. Then he shifted uneasily and requested Bob, who came in last, to close the door. "'What's it all about, Dorothy?' asked Bob in clear, cool tones as he looked with rather a contemptuous glance at the agent. "'Has someone been annoying you?' and he seemed to swell up his splendid muscles under his coat-sleeves, muscles that had been hardened by a healthy, active, out-of-door life in camp. "'If there has,' continued Bob, as he looked for a place in the paper-littered office to place his hat, "'if there has, I'd just like to have a little talk with them outside.' And the lad nodded significantly toward the hall. "'Oh, Bob,' began Dorothy, "'you mustn't. That is—oh, I'm sure it's all a mistake,' she said hastily. "'That's more like it,' said Mr. Akerson, and he seemed to smile in relief. Somehow he looked rather apprehensively at Bob, Tavia thought. She, herself, was admiring the lad's manliness. "'But you telephoned,' Bob continued. "'We were quite alarmed over it. You said—' "'Young ladies aren't always responsible for what they say over the phone,' put in Mr. Akerson, with what he meant to be a genial smile at Bob. "'I fancy uh, we men of the world realise that. If Miss Dale has any complaint to make—' He paused suggestively. "'Oh, I don't know what to do,' cried Dorothy. "'There certainly seems to be some need of a complaint, and yet—' "'Doro, dear, have you been trying to straighten out my business for me?' demanded Mrs. White, with a gracious smile. "'Aunt Winnie, I don't exactly know. Tavia here, she—' "'We were trying the straightening out process,' put in Tavia. "'We had just started after being locked—' "'Careful,' warned the agent. I cautioned you about libel, you remember, and that snapping shut of the lock on the door was an error, I tell you. Never mind about that part, broke in Tavia. Tell us about the business end of it, about the rents, why they have fallen off, and all the rest. Have you really been going over the books with him, Dorothy? asked Mrs. White in wonder. Allow me to tell about matters, interrupted Akerson. I think I understand it better. You ought to, murmured Tavia. "'I will listen to you, Mr. Akerson,' said Mrs. White, gravely. "'You may proceed.' "'As I have just been saying to Miss Dale,' he went on, pointing to the ledgers on his desk, 
This matter can be explained in two minutes if you will just glance over these entries. He pushed the books towards Aunt Winnie. Don't look at them, Aunt Winnie, cried Dorothy. The entries are false. We have his own words to prove his wrongdoing. His statements to Tavia and Miss Mingle's word to us are different. And by a peculiar net of circumstances, which invariably occur when one thread tightens about a guilty man, Miss Mingle at that moment walked into the room. She had come to demand justice from the man who had served removal notice upon herself and her sister, Mrs. Bergham. She held the notice in her hand. Major Dale took it, and tearing it in small pieces, placed it in a waste-paper basket. "'He admitted to me quite freely,' protested Tavia, "'that every tenant in the house paid eighty or one hundred dollars for his or her apartment.' Miss Mingle at first could not grasp the meaning of it, but as Dorothy quickly explained that her aunt was the owner of the apartment, it dawned on Miss Mingle just how, after all, the guilty are punished, even though the road to justice be a long and crooked one. "'You never spent a penny on that place,' growled Mr. Akerson. "'I spent a good pile of my own money, just to fix it up after my own ideas of a studio apartment.' I spent more than half my income of thirty-five dollars per month from each apartment for constant repairs, and when I discussed with you, as you well know, the advisability of advancing the rents a few dollars to cover the outlay, you discouraged it, said it was impossible in that section of the city to ask more than thirty-five dollars, said Mrs. White sternly. What these books really show, said Dorothy, is the enormous amount that is due Aunt Winnie from Mr. Akerson. The tenants are so dissatisfied, explained Miss Mingle, the constant increases in the rent were so unreasonable. The porter in the house, so we have found, was in league with Mr. Akerson, and kept him informed of everything that happened. That's how, said Tavia with a hysterical laugh, he knew whom it was we called on at the court apartments. Easy there, said Bob to Tavia, don't start laughing that way or you'll break down, and I'll have to take care of you. It's been so awful, Bob, said Tavia, his name slipping naturally from her lips. We tried to carry it through all alone. Just as soon as you're left to yourselves, he said with a smile, you begin to get into all sorts of trouble. There's only one thing to say, declared Major Dale, advancing toward Mr. Akerson. Nat will figure up what you owe to Mrs. White. You will sit down and write out a check for the amount, and that will close further transactions with you. Mr. Akerson fingered his checkbook and made one last effort to explain. Miss Mingle is influenced by her sister, who has hallucinations, but he could say no more, for Major Dale and Bob came toward him threateningly. Miss Mingle teaches my daughter in school, and we will hear nothing from you about her family, said Major Dale decidedly. I demand justice, cried Mr. Akerson, jumping up from his seat. I call this justice, calmly answered the Major. I shall not be coerced into signing a cheque and handing it to Mrs. White. I'll take this matter to the proper authorities, the agent fumed, as he walked rapidly to and fro. It's an injustice. I tell you, I'm innocent. Then prove your innocence, answered Major Dale. The ladies were beginning to show signs of the nervous strain. Miss Mingle and Tavia were almost in hysterics, while Dorothy clung to Mrs. White's arm. "'You do not understand the laws of this state,' declared Mr. Akerson. "'There is no charge against me. I defy you to prove one.' "'Very well. We will summon one who understands the laws, and decide the matter at once,' said Major Dale. "'Meanwhile, you ladies leave these disagreeable surroundings.' "'After all,' said Miss Mingle, as they left the office building, "'we won't have the awful bother of moving, will we, dear Mrs. White?' Her voice was full of pleading. 
"'No, indeed, and as soon as everything is settled, "'we must try to find an honest agent to care for the place. "'I am convinced that Mr. Akerson is not honest, "'in spite of all he said,' said Mrs. White. "'My poor sister,' sighed Miss Mingle. "'She almost collapsed at the mere thought "'of having to leave that apartment.' "'Never mind,' consoled Mrs. White. "'Everything will be all right now. "'And you, dear girls, how you ever had the courage "'to face that situation all alone, I cannot understand.' "'Oh, it was nothing,' said Tavia, really believing, "'since the worst part of it was over, that it had been nothing at all. "'I almost imagine we enjoyed it,' Dorothy exclaimed. "'Oh, nonsense,' said Mrs. White. "'You are both so nervous you look as though another week's rest would be needed. "'You are pale, both of you.' "'Well, I don't feel one bit pale,' said Tavia. "'Still, I think I'll lie down when we get home.' "'So will I, but I'm not tired,' declared Dorothy. "'They are too young, too high-spirited,' said Mrs. White to Miss Mingle as they parted. "'They won't admit the awful strain they have been under all day.' An hour later, when the boys and Major Dale returned to the apartment, all was quiet, and they tiptoed about for fear of awakening the girls. Aunt Winnie was waiting for them. "'It's all settled,' whispered Major Dale. "'We have Akerson under bonds to appear in three days "'to pay back all money due to you.' "'And to think that Dorothy and Tavia unravelled the mystery,' sighed Aunt Winnie. "'Hurrah!' said the boys in a whisper. "'Hurrah for the girls!' "'Which brought the girls into the room.'" End of chapter 22